Hello, I'm Sarah Archer and you're listening to episode 75 of the Speaking Club podcast. In this show, you'll hear me rail against the establishment, fly in the face of convention, take a deep dive into talk titles and overuse transport themed language. I started this podcast for two reasons, because I want to help people recognise the power of stories and humour in speaking and because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organisations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Welcome to the show. Well, I'm going out on a bit of a limb today. But that's because I'm passionate about helping people become successful speakers and saving audiences from boredom. And one of the key reasons for me doing this show came out of hearing this anecdote from a guy called Chris Ducker on another podcast. So it was an anecdote anecdote he was telling about a talk that he'd given. So he did this talk and apparently the audience were engaged, they were taking notes and particularly a lady in the front row. She was taking copious amounts of notes and uh, after the talk he finished and it went really well, she came up to him and she said, oh, that talk was great. Uh, Yes, you, you obviously know what you're doing and you're dressed very well, but I must tell you that if you use the word stuff again, I will strangle you because you used it 11 times in 45 minutes. When I heard that, I was like, what? That really, really wound me up. Now, apparently this lady was a big cheese in speaking. But for me, using stuff 11 times in 45 minutes means that on average, that guy, who is a big influencer, said it every four minutes. That's it, every four minutes. Now, you might be thinking, well, his talk must have been pretty boring if she was counting the number of times he said the word stuff. But it probably wasn't. The trouble is that once you become an expert in something, as I believe this lady is supposed to be, it makes it harder to enjoy something without deconstructing it. From knowing the speaker, I'm sure he did a good job, but all of the constructive advice she could have given about his talk and delivery, to focus on that, in my opinion, is misguided. The trouble is that this may be typical of what some of these big organisations and speaking coaches are focusing on. And I have an issue with that for two reasons. Firstly, that while delivery is important, a few ums and ahs and an overused word or two is not going to detract from the success of the speaker if they have got the most important factor covered. Secondly, feedback like this can put people off public speaking or get them focusing on things that are trivial for effective speaking. Okay, so having said that, what is, as far as I'm concerned, the most important thing you need to understand if you're going to serve your audience in the best way and become a sensational speaker? It's this. I want you to understand this. Public speaking is marketing. 
Public speaking is marketing. Let me just share the definition of marketing that I use, courtesy of one of my mentors, a guy called Stephen Larson. And this might make what I've just said make more sense. To me, marketing is about changing beliefs with the intention to sell. So marketing is changing beliefs with the intention to sell. So whatever job you do, whatever reason you're doing a talk or presentation, you are trying to change people's beliefs with the intention of selling them on something. Okay, now let me give you a few examples. So in my corporate career, there were a few times I had to put a presentation together to demonstrate to my board or the senior leadership team why they should invest in a new HR system. And to be successful, I had to make them believe that the need for this system was greater than anything else they could spend the budget on. Now, some of them may have been sympathetic to it before I started, but a number of them will have believed something different before they came in the room. And in my talk, I had to shift them to a new belief. So at times in the past, I've also been part of project steering groups. And often a project manager had to convince the steering group that they should agree to move the project on to the next gateway. So through their presentation, that project manager had to make us believe that the project was on track and sell us on moving it to the next gateway. Right. So you also you heard in the last episode from Karen Layton and she was in the pitch competition to get funding for her startup. Now, her objective was to make the panel in the pitch competition believe that her product was better than anything else they saw that evening. And she was up against some tough competition, but she did it using stories. So when my daughter Izzy uh, turned 17, her school arranged for them to go to a local cinema to hear a talk from the police about driving and the dangers of cars. So in that talk, the police officer had to make that bunch of cynical, gung-ho teenagers believe that they weren't invincible and that they could lose their life. I understand that it was quite effective, although after being a passenger in the car with Izzy after she passed her driving test, I can say nothing else for me has come close to making me understand the dangers of driving. It was the most terrifying experience of my life. She's a good, she's a good driver now, but oh my goodness. Oh, when your kids learn to drive. Um, and then another example of where, as a speaker, you have to change beliefs is this one. As a keynote speaker at a conference I did a few weeks ago, I had to make my audience believe that stories were the most powerful tool in marketing, as they are, funnily enough, in speaking. And that is because stories are the most effective way to get people to change their beliefs. And finally, last example, as an after dinner speaker, which I've also been, your first job is to make the audience believe that listening to you is more rewarding than chatting to the other people at the table. So I defy you to think of one type of talk where through your speech or presentation, you aren't trying to shift your audience's beliefs with the intention of selling them on an idea, 
a change, a more informed view, or your product or service. And that's why I believe that as a speaking coach, regardless of whether I'm working with my students one-to-one or uh, online in the course, it's critical that I focus on equipping them with an understanding of marketing and all the elements necessary to create a talk that gets people to change their beliefs. And I'd strongly argue that if the content is compelling and the delivery is passionate, authentic, full of energy and engaging, then it really doesn't matter if the speaker uses the word stuff 11 times in 45 minutes. Cool. Well, that's my little rant over. And I hope you can see that changing beliefs is what speaking is all about. So I hope I've convinced you there. That's your number one aim. And hopefully it also shows you why stories are so important in this context. But before you can begin to change your audience's beliefs through your talk, you need to pique their interest enough to get them to pay attention and be in the room to listen. And that is why the title you choose is so important. So in this show, I'm also going to give you some tips to make sure your title is an attention grabber that hooks your audience and gets them in the right frame of mind to receive your message. Now, the first thing that you need to understand uh, in order to achieve that are the three triggers that cause people to pay attention and take action. Now, if you're a regular listener to The Speaking Club, you'll know that the three triggers are fear, curiosity and desire. And I covered these in detail in episode 62, how to generate leads in your speaking without selling. And if you haven't listened to that episode yet, then it is worth doing so after this show. I share more on the psychology behind each of those triggers and I'll put a link to that show in the notes. Now, the most powerful of these three triggers are fear and curiosity. And that's because of the way that we are wired as human beings. We want to survive and we hate gaps. Right from the start, when you create the title of your talk, you need to be aiming to pique people's interest and leave a gap so that they'll be curious enough to want to attend the talk or workshop or whatever it is that you're going to be doing. For example... The keynote that I mentioned that I did a few weeks ago was called How to Create a Pipeline of Dream Customers with Just Six Pieces of Content. So there is curiosity and a promise built into that title. And it's also a little bit provocative. And a lot of people that turned up to that talk uh, to hear me that day um, were there because they didn't believe that it was possible. But they were curious to see how it could be. Another talk title that I use is how to avoid the three biggest mistakes businesses make in dealing with objections. Now, this title works with fear and curiosity and has another promise baked in. People are going to be curious about what the mistakes are and fearful that they might be making them too. So, you know about the triggers for action and I've shown you a couple of title examples where I've used these triggers before. What I'm going to share next is the five or are the five principles of a great talk title. Now these are number one, it it must address your specific audience. 
So if you're talking to salespeople, it's got to address them. If it's mums, them, or the employees of a specific company, or people with gut issues, or women in a particular industry. Whoever it is that you are talking to, you've got to make your title relatable and relevant to them. Secondly, it needs to highlight the specific benefit or outcome they desire. So in my examples, um, the one that mentioned creating a pipeline of dream customers, uh, which is what they want. And the second talks about avoiding mistakes in business. Again, something that people want. Both benefits my audience of entrepreneurs and business owners and something that they would be interested in. So third, it needs to make reference to the specific pain they want to avoid. So in the first example, I did this because I'm talking about just six pieces of content. Now, I know that my audience were feeling overwhelmed with creating marketing content. So this would have talked to their pain. Only six pieces of content, blimey. And in the objections title, the pain would have been their fear of losing business by making mistakes. Now, the fourth principle, that's curiosity. So you need to create some gaps and leave some open loops, those cliffhangers, just like they do in TV, as I mentioned in episode 62. And the fifth thing that you should include is urgency. For example, you can use the word secret in your talk and that can imply both curiosity and urgency because people are going to want to know the secret before it gets out and everyone else is doing it. In my examples, I think I achieve urgency because my audience would be keen to know as soon as possible how to avoid losing money and how to make more money. Just to recap, those five principles for a great talk title are, number one, you've got to address your specific audience. Number two, you've got to highlight the specific benefit or outcome that they desire. Number three, you've got to talk to their pain, the thing they most want to avoid. Four, create curiosity. And number five, add urgency. There you go. So your takeaways for this episode are, Public speaking is marketing because you're aiming to change beliefs so that people buy into your idea, your change, your solution and your product and service and so on. And to be successful in speaking, you need to understand your audience in order to know what beliefs you need to change. Everything you do in relation to your talk should be focused on changing their beliefs and that's from right from the outset, from your strategy, your content, through to your delivery and performance and your title, as we've mentioned. Now, I, what I also want you to take away is this. Don't let people get you hung up on inconsequential things that only bother the experts. Sure, I, if you can't get one sentence out without saying stuff, it may well become a distraction and get in the way of your goal. But a few ums and ahs and stuffs every four minutes are not the most important thing for you to work on. And lastly, I want you to spend a decent amount of time and energy on creating your talk title because you need to get them present in the room before they can listen to your talk. And that's it. I hope you found this useful. 
Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for indulging my rant. But I hope it's a useful one. I hope you had a bit of a an aha moment there about what speaking is really about. And don't forget to subscribe and give the show an honest rating and review. And if you want to ask a question or say hi, come and find me on Instagram at Sarah Archer 15. Thanks again. And don't you forget to go grab your life by the nuts and get cracking. Hey, if you're listening to the show because you want to start speaking or have a big talk or pitch coming up and you want to make it the best it can be, then you made the right choice because this podcast is the vehicle that can help you get there. But I wanted to tell you about something that will get you there even faster. Something that incorporates all the hacks, tools and tips I've picked up from my years in comedy, theatre, marketing and coaching. And that's my blueprint for creating and delivering a story-led talk that engages, inspires and converts. And the best bit is that I'll be sharing my blueprint and the mindset hack that will help you overcome public speaking anxiety in a free webinar masterclass. To register, go to thespeakingclub.com slash masterclass. This puppy gives you the soup to nuts for creating powerful talks that connect with and engage your audience every time. So grab your place now. That's thespeakingclub.com slash masterclass.